Hey everyone, this is Pastor Laura. Welcome back to Love God and Neighbor. Today we're talking about your call, which is an interesting thing to talk about because most of the time when people are talking about their call from God, they're talking about their call into uh, pastoral ministry. You know, this is something, uh, a word, our, our, my call, that's a phrase that we use in seminary to the point where it's just, you know, we use it ad nauseum. It's over and over. My call, my call, my call. We all talk about it. But people in the rest of the world who live their lives just doing what what they are supposed to be doing uh, to pay their bills and take care of their children and their spouses, they generally don't use this word. And yet all followers of Christ are called to work for Christ in the world. And so what does that look like? What does that mean? What is your call all about? What is Jesus calling you to do? And generally speaking, if you're being called towards something, you're also being called away from something. What is Jesus calling you towards? And what is Jesus calling you to leave behind? This is what we're talking about today. And I encourage you to continue thinking about this as the days and weeks go on. And I pray for you that you will find your call if you haven't already, or if Jesus is calling you to something new, um, I pray that, that you have the courage and the excitement to embrace it, whatever it is. Be at peace. I love you. Bye. Please pray with me. Gracious and merciful God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So I'm going to start today by rereading part of the scripture to you. But this time, I'm reading from the message translation. When Jesus got word that John had been arrested, he returned to Galilee. He moved from his hometown, Nazareth, to the lakeside village of Capernaum, nestled at the base of the Zebulun and Nephtali hills. This move completed Isaiah's sermon, which said, Land of Zebulun, land of Nephtali, road to the sea over Jordan, Galilee, crossroads for the nations. People sitting out their lives in the dark saw a huge light. Sitting in that dark, dark country of death, they watched the sun come up. This Isaiah prophesied sermon came to life in Galilee the moment Jesus started preaching. He picked up where John left off. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. The New Revised Standard Version, which was the version that Barb read earlier, uses the word repent. This is the most commonly used word, repent, in this translation. But the message says, change your life. God's kingdom is here. I like this difference. So often when I hear the word repent, which means change, but when I hear the word repent, I often only recognize the part where I need to admit that I've sinned. And I fail to think about the part where I start doing things differently. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. What does that mean to you? 
How does that command ring in your ears? Especially since you're already believers. In what ways are we called to change our lives for Jesus? I mean, haven't I already changed my life? We could be thinking, what else do I need to do? Well, the People's New Testament commentary says that repentance is a reorientation of one's life based on the approaching kingdom of God, already manifest in Jesus' ministry. The word does not picture sorrow or remorse, but a change in direction of one's life. Get yourself a new orientation for the way that you live, then act on it. This catches both the Greek and the Hebrew connotations of the word. So if you notice, this part of the scripture is immediately followed by two accounts of Jesus calling his disciples. First Simon Peter and his brother Andrew, and then John and James, son of Zebedee. In a sermon published by the National Catholic reporter Bishop Thomas Gumbleton, said, So Jesus begins to call disciples showing that people who will follow him change their lives. When he says those words, change your life, every commentator on the scripture says you have to know that word change is something very profound. It isn't just a matter of wearing a different style of clothing or something like that. It is a profound change in your whole life, a radical change. The reign of God could happen. It is at hand. But it does depend on those who say we follow Jesus and who are willing to change their lives. So we're called by Jesus to follow him. You're here today because, in one way or another, Jesus has said, come with me. I'll make new kinds of fishermen out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. So how has following Jesus changed your life? And more importantly, how is Jesus asking you to change your life again? Have you left something behind? And do you have more to leave still? I'd like to point out here that repent is only ever talked about in reference to giving up sin. But our scripture shows us Jesus preaching repentance, and then four men leave their secular endeavors to follow him. Fishing is not sinful. Working is not sinful. At no point in our world, at any point in history, would anyone suggest that working for a living or fishing were sinful behaviors. And thank goodness, because I know an awful lot of preachers who couldn't get through a week without a few hours of fishing under their belt. So what does it mean to change your life and follow Jesus? Well, for me, it has meant going to seminary and becoming a minister. For me, it's meant being willing to go where I am called when I'm called, not necessarily when it is convenient for me. Thank you, God. But I mean, the whole world is not called to be a preacher, right? That would be ridiculous and really annoying. But all followers followers of Jesus are called to devote their whole lives to Christ. 
We are all called to shed the behaviors and activities that do not direct our minds towards God. And all followers of Jesus are called to be ministers. I was recently listening to a Beth Moore Bible study in my car. This is how I have finally discovered how to get some Bible study into my life. I listen to it when I'm driving. It's revolutionary. Um, She talked about in that study what it means to be called to be a minister. First, she said that all followers of Jesus are ministers, that all people who choose to follow Jesus are commissioned with the task of sharing the gospel with everyone. In fact, if we didn't all have that important job, we'd have just been raptured into heaven the moment we accepted Jesus Christ, because there would be no reason for us to still be here. And she said that we are not called to share the gospel in church, because guess what? We already know it. No, we are called to spread it out there in the world. And those of you who work in the secular sector, especially, are important because you are where the non-believers are. She even went on to suggest that God keeps the more dangerous or ineffective people in the church where we can do the least amount of harm. And the more effective ministers are out there in the world. But seeing as I fall into the first ineffective category, I'm going to move on. The point is, we are called by Jesus to make major changes in our lives. So that we are most capable of telling people what God has done in Christ. The fishermen, for example, are already at work, already have something useful and important to do and are not looking for a new life. They do not seek him. He seeks and finds them. The call of Jesus does not fill an obvious vacuum or meet an obvious need in their lives, but like the call of prophets in the Old Testament, it is intrusive and disruptive, calling them away from work and family. The divine sovereignty is closed in the call for human response. If your life has not felt intruded upon or disrupted by Jesus lately, maybe you need to spend some time in prayer and ask God what it is that you're supposed to be doing. If things have started to feel too comfortable, Or if your life is too oriented towards the demands of the secular world and less and less on your faith, your spiritual development, or your witness to the good news, then it is possible that you are not living your call the way God would like you to. Jesus has called all of us to be fishers of men and women, young and old. And within that call is an expectation of radical change in our lives. We are being encouraged this day through the Gospel of Matthew to take stock of our lives and to decide, am I a disciple of Christ or a follower of the world? Am I a minister in everything that I do and say? Does my life reflect my unwavering love of Jesus? Does my life point people towards an understanding of God's unwavering love for them? We are called by Jesus to follow him. 
And so I am here today to encourage you, to encourage myself, let us embrace the changes that he is calling us to make. Amen? Amen. As we reflect on Jesus' call, I would like to invite anyone who wants to come forward to join this church, to make your confession of faith, or to transfer your membership. I invite you to come and be a part of this precious ministry. Let us sing together hymn number 337, verses 1 and 5.